0: Welcome virtual entrepreneurs, millennials on the go, and adventure seekers with big dreams. You've found the right place. My name is Alexis Teichmiller, a millennial, lifestyle blogger, and digital creative. The Laptop Lifestyle is designed to inspire, educate, and challenge you to live the life you want every day. Together, let's unlock how to live the Laptop Lifestyle to the fullest. Hey, hey, Laptop Lifestylers. I hope you are living your best life today because we are about to dig in to an amazing episode. I, I honestly am so excited for you guys to listen to this incredible powerhouse of a woman. Her name is Sunny Linnerdoozy. She has almost a decade of experience as an award-winning video, social media, and online business strategist. From tech startups to authors, Sunny has literally worked with clients across all industries. From helping Hootsuite develop a YouTube series that increased subscriptions by 75%, and Applebee's hit 1 billion impressions in one day. Sunny is also the creator of Boss Video Branding. A digital course on how to leverage social video from Snapchat to YouTube for your brand or business. And in the past two years, she has grown her YouTube subscribers to over 100,000. And now she helps people learn how to do the same. From speaking internationally, from NATO's headquarters in Brussels to Creative Live in San Francisco, Sunny is passionate about helping brands and businesses leverage social video for increased leads and awareness. From writing for entrepreneur.com, Forbes, Huffington Post, honestly, this woman is a total boss, babe. We're going to dig into it today. One of my favorite quotes from Sunny is, community is everything because your tribe is your trust fund. I love her outlook on tribes, on community, on ego, on intention. We're gonna dig into a lot today. And one topic that I'm really excited that we're digging into is how to take care of yourself in those early stages of hustle, in those early stages of building a business. All right, guys, let's get to it. What up, Laptop Lifestylers? Welcome back to the show. I am here with my friend, Sunny Leonarduzzi. This girl, honestly, she lives up to to her name, Sunny. I actually got the opportunity to meet her and hang out with her at Social Media Marketing World a couple months back um, out in San Diego. And honestly, she is such a breath of fresh air. She is a total YouTube boss. I cannot wait to get into this today, guys. Hey, girl, how's it going?
1: Hey, I'm so good. How are you? I'm so great. I'm
0: I'm like really excited to have you on the show today. We really clicked at uh, a few different dinners, and I ac- actually got to go to your live session and learn, you know, how to really use YouTube to make a huge impact online and also in business. And I love that. So, how did you get started in this YouTube space? I was actually on your website and watching some of your videos, as as you know, an internet stalker does, right? And uh, yeah. I came ac- I came across uh, your about me page, and it says that. You know you're an you're an actor turned journalist turned entrepreneur like tell me your journey I didn't even know that you were
1: an actress tell me all of it yeah it's kind of a very random journey an actor actor actress like i I, I am and I was um but not, like, no, you haven't seen me in anything if that's a follow-up question um <laughs> i I was an actress all growing up and um, basically, from the time I was able to talk and I saw Mary Hart on Entertainment Tonight, and then I would watch Oprah every day. I was like, oh my gosh, these people get paid to communicate for a living. That's what I want to do. Um So I always knew growing up that I wanted to do something in the communication entertainment field um and also sort of like educating and just like getting a message out there. So I thought that broadcasting would be the first um, stop for me. But while I was in high school, I did a lot of acting. I did theater and, Uh, Commercial acting and all that stuff, and loved it. Uh, And then decided to go to broadcasting school right out of high school, and also fell in love with that. Uh, And had these big dreams of, you know, having my own show one day or being the anchor on the Six O'Clock News. Um, And as I got further and further into my career, uh, and I achieved my big goal, which was reporting at the 2010 Winter Olympics. I was like, okay, this is great. And on a logical level, I love it. And it's so much fun. But I'm still kind of missing something. And in my gut, in my heart, I knew that I wanted to start something of my own, where I wasn't being told, you know, what I could report on and what I wanted to talk about at all times. It was more like, I would be able to choose and have the freedom to be creative. Uh, So I started my first business the day I was driving home from the Olympics and it just popped into my head and it's so random looking back on it, but I started an online magazine and it was um, teaching men all about women from a women's perspective. So uh, we had a staff, we had a team of about 10 writers, all freelance writers, um, that would talk about everything from we had a sex therapist, a relationship therapist, we had a foodie, we had a stylist, um, we had everything you could imagine uh, to really tell men what women wanted. And so <laughs> it's so random looking back on it now. Um, and we leveraged or I leveraged social media and YouTube specifically to build the brand. I wasn't doing any paid advertising at the time. And it was really my first um, introduction to social media and the online space and marketing online. And I just loved it and I was good at it. And so um, I would walk door to door in Vancouver as the brand grew and I was selling advertising space on my website, uh, actually physically walking door-to-door, which is pretty funny to look back on now. And uh, and we built up the email list and all of that stuff using social and video. And then it got to a point where I, f- I was really proud of what we had done in one year. I mean, it had grown. We had brand recognition. We had people wanting to write for us, all this stuff. And then I had this really pivotal conversation with one of my very first mentors. Uh, and he said to me, is this the legacy that you want to leave? And at the time, I was twenty-one or twenty-two, and I was like, "What the heck? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not even thinking past today, so I don't know what I want to leave as a legacy." But the moment he asked me that question, it was like a bee in my bonnet. I couldn't get it out of my head, and I just really thought about it and. I thought to myself, you know, this isn't the legacy that I want to leave. It's fun for now, but I, do I see myself working on this and building this into the next decade or two decades? No, I don't. So what is it about it that I love? And how can I cater that more towards what I want to leave as my legacy, which is really um, helping people get their message out there? Uh, Because I know that there's a lot of people in the world who have a really positive message to share, and I want to be the vehicle to get them there. And so I started um, working with uh, social entrepreneurs, with an incubator here in Vancouver who worked with all these companies had who had societal value built into them. And I would do their digital strategy for them. So I'd teach them how to grow on social media. I'd get them clients through social media and through organic online marketing um, and using video as well. And I loved it. I did it for about four and a half years. I left my job doing that and I started a consultancy and I had all these companies asking me to do social for them and video for them. And I loved it and I was totally content. Um and then about four and a half, five years down the road, I had so many clients and it was just me. me. It was a one-woman show. And I was so burnt out and I couldn't keep answering all my clients' questions on the phone because, you know, that takes up time and I had work to do. So I kind of got to a point of desperation where I was like, I have to clone myself or figure out a way to answer these questions all at once. So I sat down and recorded a YouTube tutorial. Um, I posted the video on my YouTube channel and it was about how to use live streaming because that was a really hot topic my clients were asking me about at the time. So it was about how to use live streaming for your business and I had no subscribers on YouTube at the time. I made the video, I didn't really think much of it. I put it up and then I sent it to my clients via email And the next thing I knew, I had thousands upon thousands upon thousands of views. And I was so confused. I was like, where are these coming from? Because I didn't mean to do this, but it was great. Right. And I realized that I was being found in search and that's really the beauty of YouTube. So then every week for one year, I made a, vi- I made a video and we're now just past our second year anniversary. Um, and we're about at 100,000 subscribers in two years um, and 6 million views, which is pretty crazy considering I started with a webcam and I would shoot my videos in front of my window in my apartment.
0: Oh, girl, I love that. Like, talk about such a transformation. And also, you know, some of the best things happen to us that we just don't really expect. You know, we don't necessarily expect that to happen. It wasn't necessarily a part of the quote unquote plan. uh, But I love that. So something that you mentioned about communication, and how your main legacy is to help people communicate. I actually, I kind of want to dig into that a little bit more. What do you Mm -hmm. think really Allows and makes space for authentic communication, or I guess what are the key, you know, metrics or key things that people really need to think about whenever they're trying to communicate with their audience, with with really just in general.
1: Yeah, I think we live in such an interesting time because we have such a heavy focus on um, the physical and these vanity numbers and pretty pictures and Photoshop and all of these things, which all of them are useful tools in building a business. But as I mentioned, I mean, my channel kind of started by accident. And I I remember filming my first video and thinking no one was going to see it. So I hadn't even washed my hair that day. I didn't really have much makeup on. I was <laughs> actually in my pajama bottoms and a t-shirt. And I just didn't think about myself. And I always say to people when we're talking about building up their brand using video, there's so much hesitation to be on video because you immediately, and it's human nature, start thinking about what do I look like? What do I sound like? Am I smart enough? Am I a real expert? What are people going to think? And that's what kills authentic or real communication because you are so worried about yourself, you forget that the reason you're doing this is to actually serve and help other people. So uh, my best piece of advice, and I I implement this when I'm speaking um, to people in a live setting. Um, I also implement this with every video that I shoot, and I teach my students and my clients this. That You don't need to worry about yourself. The moment you can take yourself and your ego out of the equation is the moment that you're going to hit that magic groove where people are just waiting for your next piece of content. So the more you can use your um, platform to serve, the better you're going to do. And the more you can take your ego and yourself out of the equation and focus on the value you're providing to people, uh, the more you're going to be able to create and the faster you're going to grow.
0: Preach. I mean, I feel like, especially, (laughs) I I feel like, especially in the online space, you know, if you have a lot of social media followers or your business is starting to gain traction or it becomes a lot about like me, me, me and what I'm doing, how do you stop that ego from growing? Like maybe right at the beginning or maybe someone maybe has an established business and they're feeling disconnected from their audience and they're they're like, oh, I realize the problem is I'm making it all about me. But how do you kind of stop that ego from from festering and growing?
1: Yeah, I think it's all about intention. And I mean, ego gets the best of everybody. Like I have an ego, you have an ego, everybody's got an ego. It's part of being a human being. Um, right. But I think for me, what's been really helpful is trying my best to stay in the present and keep things in perspective. Understanding that even though I'm, I'm close to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, I am a small fish in a big pond. And I also think that I understand when I film a video or when I put out a piece of content on any platform, if there's one person who's taking the time to say something or to comment on it or to encourage me, that's one real live human being who's taking time out of their day to do something kind for me, and so mm-hmm. or taking the time another day to consume my content. So I think we've gotten so caught up, unfortunately, in the metrics that we forget that the only reason you're doing this is really for other people. So you do have to leave your ego at the door, and if your ego is too involved, it's going to kill you because you will get negative feedback. You will get you will get people telling you you suck or whatever else. And if everything's based around feeding your ego, that's going to kill you pretty quickly. So. Um, I guess that's how I handle it is staying present and understanding that um, all you can do is what you're doing in this very moment and also understanding perspective that no matter how big you are, there's still more work to to do and there's still more people to reach um, and that every single person who engages with you online it's, it's just like offline. It's a real human. So treat them as such and respect the fact that they're taking the time to engage with you. And I work with a lot of people in a lot of different spaces. And this is one of the biggest questions I get asked. And I'm working with a client right now who just started a uh, Facebook group for her her community. And she was like, well, there's only 20 people in it. I don't even want to like go in there. I'm embarrassed. And I kind of got mad because I said, that's 20 people. If you were in a room and those 20 people came into the room with you, your room would be crowded. And show them the respect that they deserve, that they're actually there for you, and you're not even bothering to serve them. So why would they stick Mm -hmm. around? So I think it's understanding that whether it's one or 100,000, they're real people, so respect them. Man,
0: that is so true. I feel like we get really caught up in numbers because, mm-hmm. you know, how many likes we have, comments, subscribers, how many people are in our Facebook group. I mean, it feels very metric driven, and yeah. whenever you 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 kind of take the a humanism out of it like humanity out of absolutely it. and you only focus absolutely. on the data and and that's not really what entrepreneurship is about I mean entrepreneurship is about solving problems it's about helping people it's about connection and when you make it all about the numbers it you kind of throw all that other stuff to the wind and that's really the heart of everything that's the grit absolutely. of everything
1: yeah and people say this all the time they they say you know we've never been more connected but also we've never been um so disconnected from one another. So, yeah, we, everybody's at your fingertips nowadays, but there's a sense of, these aren't real people. So um, let's just swipe left, swipe right, or let's just give it a like and move on as opposed to treating all of these people as actual real people behind the screen and giving them the respect that they deserve from that. So it's a hard thing to remember and everybody forgets it from time to time, but I think it's so vital to actually succeeding in building a real community around you um, because if you don't, it's going to catch up with you.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. I love that mindset f- for sure. And something that you've done really well at Sunny is creating such an engaged community. And I kind of want you to share a little bit about BYOB, which is Be Your Own Boss, Yeah. Uh, kind of how you got started with that. I love that branding and it really like is very empowering. Tell me how you created that and what that really all entails for you in your business.
1: Yeah. So the BYO Boss brand um, kind of started, again, on a bit of a whim. I um, I really wanted to create a space for entrepreneurs, particularly in the online space, because I had worked by myself for almost a decade. And I knew how isolating it could be to like work at home in your little apartment and not have real people to talk to. And so – I think it's so important to have real connections. Like that's what we live for. We're as humans, we're, we're bred to connect with people. And so I wanted to create a space where everyone could support each other. And it's I always say this, and people are like, that's a weird thing to to say and to be your biggest accomplishment. But I do believe that the Be Your Own Boss group on Facebook, which is a free group to join, it's my biggest accomplishment in my career thus far. Um and it's because it's it's 12. Thousand people, 12,000 people, 12,500 people Amazing. from all over the world, all walks of life, all levels, truly supporting each other in achieving their dreams on their own terms. And I've facilitated it. And that's such a cool thing to be able to say. And just yesterday, one of my – um one of my students in my program, YouTube for Bosses, which is a program that helps you go step by step to ranking on page one of YouTube. It's a four hour crash course. I'm really, really proud of it. And the results people are seeing are insane. We've had one woman go from 50 subscribers to 43,000 in less than six months. Um, And those are like pretty standard numbers at this point for our students. So um, it's really exciting. And one of my students yesterday, out of nowhere, just decided to post in our private group for that Um, for that program. And she just said, you know, isn't it amazing when you stop and look around at the hundreds of people in this program and in this group from all different areas. We have bakers, we have scientists, we have doctors, we have photographers, we have social media strategists, we have graphic designers, we have people who run brick and mortar stores, all walks of life. And they're all sharing their content with each other. And everyone's learning these cool new things about all these different industries. And she's just like, I can't believe like how fortunate we are to have this little group, which is so um, supportive of one another and so engaged with one another. And it really is such a safe space. And they were like, thank you for facilitating it. And I I just think it's the honor of a lifetime to be able to, be able to bring all these people together and to have them share their messages and have the confidence to share their messages and have built in fans for one another um, through this program and this group. So Yeah, I mean, for me, community is everything. And I really do believe that your tribe is your trust fund. Like if you don't have a community around you, your business, in my opinion, can only go so far. There are people out there who have built businesses without a community at all. That's totally fine. And it works for some people. For me, I don't think I would have a business if I didn't have such an engaged community. So of course, it's my first and foremost priority and my biggest accomplishment. I love that. And then whenever you have that community,
0: like you said, that's a huge asset because when you when you sometimes hit up against a roadblock or you start feeling f- your fears. You know, all that doubt comes in. You have that community to kind of lean on. And you know, you totally. as a facilitator also you can look to them and say, "Hey, I I created this incredible group of people and I'm serving them and I don't want to let them down." And then on the flip side, they can say, "Hey, I have all these people that I can lean on whenever, you know, like the stress of being an entrepreneur comes knocking at the door." And I, that's something totally. I wanted to kind of Like touch on is, and you kind of mentioned it briefly earlier. Is that whenever you're an entrepreneur and you work from home, like I work for a virtual company um, at my full time job, my day job, um, and it can be really isolating sometimes working from home. And you know, especially if you have a side hustle too, where your side hustle involves being on the internet, you just seem like you're on your computer all day. And yes, the laptop lifestyle is a beautiful thing. That's why we have the show. But also, there are you know things that come along with it that aren't really great and don't necessarily nurture a ton of personal growth. So, can you speak to how you've kind of handled that isolation as an entrepreneur and just kind of drive home why it's so important to have a community?
1: Yeah, I feel like I talk about this all the time because um, it. It. I mean, I think. I think it's not talked about enough in in a lot of different ways that um, your mental health is just as important as every other aspect of your health. And as an entrepreneur, you get absolutely mind blanked every single day. <laughs> and, and if you don't have anybody that you can turn to and say, I'm having a tough day, or can I just get your opinion on this? Or I need a little advice here. It can make you go crazy. And For me, how I dealt with it is I'm very lucky to be surrounded by a family that has been there through thick and thin with me. And if I need to go to them hysterically crying one day because something went wrong in business, they're there for me. But I also understand that that's not the case with everyone. So for me, I think it's really important you surround yourself with friends who are like family. Um, You can go to your family. You can go to your partner. I think I, I truly do believe that choosing the right partner in your life, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever it may be, um, is one of the the most important decisions you can make because that person has to understand that you need to right. turn to them at some points, especially as an entrepreneur, and you need to rely on them to be your cheerleader. So you can do it alone for so long, but it will make you go crazy after a certain point. And I think just having a circle around you that Truly, truly, truly wants the best for you. Judging people's intentions right from the get-go. Are they more of a giver or a taker? And um, kind of understanding how that's going to work for you in your life and if they're going to add anything to your life, if they're only going to suck your energy. So I (laughs) I call some people soul suckers. And I have a kind of a rule in my life that I don't want any soul suckers around. And my whole yeah. team around me, we all kind of say the same thing and they've all kind of adapted it for their own life. And you can spot a soul sucker pretty far away because all they do is take, tick, take, tick, take, tick, take, 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 and they're not ever giving anything back. And it's not a conditional relationship. But I think as an entrepreneur, you are so generous to begin with because you're giving so much of yourself to your business and to what you're sharing with people that if you're doing that and then on top of that, the people you're surrounded by are just taking from you, you're going to be Pleated of energy at all times and you can't possibly grow as a human or as an entrepreneur. So surrounding yourself with the right people and really, really, really being diligent about gauging what kind of a person the people you surround yourself with are um, is really vital to your success.
0: I, I don't know. if you, Have you ever heard that quote of you are the average of the top five people that you surround yourself with?
1: Yes. I say that all the time because I'm such a big believer <laughs> in that 100%.
0: Yeah, me too. And I can even feel sometimes whenever I hang out with more negative people that I just feel negative. It's like, oh my gosh, what's happening to me? So I mean, it really is. No, totally. It's
1: It's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in energy and I'm a bit of a hippie and um, I really (laughs) do believe that people's energy does rub off on you. And that's why it is so important to be cautious about who you surround yourself with because I, in my opinion, I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that. I do not have time to be in a state of mind that's negative or that's doubting myself. Because again, as an entrepreneur, there are a million and one reasons to um, have fear and to doubt yourself and to second guess yourself. So why would you put yourself at a disadvantage by surrounding yourself with people who are only going to breed that further in you, you know? I mean, girl, something that I,
0: I- – kind of recognized in you from the moment i met you is you're very confident and you're very strong and i think that's why you've been able to build such an incredible business and and even the BYOB community it's something i really admire in you how like where do you find your strength because i think that's something as an entrepreneur we don't think enough about is where we pull our strength from like yes a community yeah. but but also like that inner strength and that inner confidence. I mean, if you don't have that and you don't work at building that inside yourself, it's so tough to to make it, I feel like. I feel like it's really tough to take risks and to take big leaps for yourself if you don't really believe in yourself.
1: A hundred percent. I mean the biggest key to my success is I have believed in myself even when nobody else did. And when other people were like, you're crazy, this is a stupid idea. Nobody's ever going to pay for that. What are you doing? Um, I knew in my gut that I was going to succeed. And that is step number one to getting through this journey. Um, and I think my inner strength, um, it comes from a lot of different sources. But I um, what i've learned and man this is a practice like this does not come overnight and i keep in mind i've been doing this for almost a decade now <sighs> i have had i've had one major burnout um and it happens I guess it was about a year and a half ago now, um, where I had just gone to South by Southwest and I had hosted the Comcast lounge there and interviewed some of the biggest names in all different industries. Like it was an incredible experience. I interviewed Emmy Award winners and tech evangelists and all this stuff, and it was so amazing. And I got home from Austin. I was on such a high and I just went right back to work. And I was, again, at this time working pretty much solo. Um, I had one team member, but they weren't full-time at at the time, and I remember it was a Friday afternoon and my mom came over and she actually, this is like such a ridiculous story to look back on and not, but she actually came over to bring me a little um, gift. It was like a little flower arrangement and uh, she brought it in and she walked into my apartment and the moment she walked in, I literally just collapsed. I started crying hysterically and I had zero control over my emotions um, because I was so depleted. I had given every part of me to everyone else uh, for so long, and I think it was the icing on the cake to have this really awesome opportunity, but also to just be running on such adrenaline for so long and not giving myself a chance to let it soak in and take a day off or two days off or even a week off and knowing that no one's going to die if you don't work that day. like It's okay to take care of yourself, so that was a huge wake-up call for me, and thank goodness nothing like that's happened since, but I think it was due to happen to me because I needed a wake-up call um, because I do have... An insane work ethic. And I do say insane for a reason because it, it is a little unhealthy. Um <laughs> and it can be it can be beneficial and I can it can be a negative. So what I learned from that experience is you have to surround yourself with the right people in your business as well. And you have to invest in a team because again, you can't do this alone. I thought for so long, I'm just gonna work by myself. I don't want a team around me. You have to have a team if you're going to grow because you can't do everything at 100% in every aspect of your business. It's just not possible. And I think the other thing is if I don't take care of myself, I cannot take care of business. So I now, whenever I have to travel for a speaking engagement or anything else, I always give myself a buffer day afterwards, at least a buffer day or two days to just chill. Um, and to just take care of myself. And the other thing is every single day I have a routine. I wake up early. Um, I'm now waking up at at about 5.50 in the morning and I do about half an hour of just slowly waking up, making myself some lemon water, doing a meditation. Looking at my vision board, reading a really good um, motivational, uplifting book, going to the gym, getting that out of the way first thing in the morning, and then I come back and I'm ready to tackle the day because I've already taken care of myself. So I think that that's really my key to being steady and staying strong is taking care of myself because if I don't, and I've had weeks, I had a couple, I had a week about. Two or three weeks ago, where I'd come back from across the country, I'd gone across the country for 24 hours, and it was an insane trip. And I was going to speak over there, and uh, I came back, and my um, my team member and my right hand woman, uh, Ayla, she's my COO, she actually <laughs> said to me, and kudos to her, she said to me, "You need to sleep. You're you're not yourself right now." And she basically was like, "You need to you need to shut your computer down, and you need to go to sleep." And I was like, "Oh, okay." all right didn't know when this happened in our relationship but all right i'm gonna listen to you (laughs) and i did and i listened to her and thank god for her thank god for having people around me who can have hard and honest conversations with me and say like you're being a psycho you need to calm down (laughs) and the thing is we can do it for each other which is so great but again that comes back to my original point of having the right people around you
0: Yeah, man, thank you for sharing all that. That is so true. And I think we all feel it in different seasons of our life. And actually, this is something that I personally have been kind of working through mentally is having a season of rest and rest doesn't necessarily mean that you're not working. It doesn't mean that you're not, you know, hustling and doing a good job, but it also means that you're in a season where you're really mindful of taking care of yourself. And I think that, you know, it's a, it's okay to hustle. It's okay to, you know, be, have incredible work ethic, even have insane work ethic. But at the same time, like you said, if you're not giving to yourself and giving to your, you know, mental health, spiritual health, physical health. Like if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not filling yourself up, you can't expect to fill up anybody else's cup if yours is always empty.
1: Completely. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and it's easy to forget that. And it's in it, I think because your nature is to just keep giving. So it's easy to forget that you're a real human too. And you do need a break. It's not physically possible to just keep going and going and going without having a meltdown
0: girl for sure. And I think we all kind of, we, we, We all kind of experience that in different times of of our life. And can you speak to someone who is maybe just getting started? Because I feel like that just getting started period of time, that season, I mean, you're like a rocket ship headed to the moon. Like, no one can stop you. Like, hustle, 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 especially if you have a full time job and you're working a side hustle trying to build up that side hustle. It's so tough to manage your time, manage your self care. Like, how do you kind of manage all of that? I mean, is it is it in the morning routine? Is it in the community? I mean, yeah. it's definitely a mixture of all of that. But in that season of hustle, how do you still take care of yourself?
1: I think, I don't know. This is a tough one. And I was just talking about this the other day on, on a different podcast about like those beginning stages. And it actually brought me back. Um, and I do a daily live stream on my Facebook page and just talk about topics like this. And this is the one that I talked about because I was like, man, I forgot all about this because it's been, it's been almost eight years that I've been doing this. um, So nearly a decade of doing this. And I completely forgot that kind of early phase and how hard it was. um, Because you are by yourself, you don't have, you haven't really established yourself. um, You're just starting out with connections and all of those things. And it's hard. It's hard to balance things at that point. Like I feel very privileged at this point in my life that I'm at a place where I have a support system around me. I have um, now four team members and everyone's covering what they need to cover. And so I'm privileged to be able to fit in that time to take care of myself. And what I would say is even when I was first starting out, I um, my biggest mindset piece of advice is your faith in yourself has to be bigger than your fear. So I do think there's an element of every morning when you wake up, do things like having a vision board of what you want to create for yourself, because that's gonna, what's going to keep you motivated and keep you focused on where you're headed, as opposed to dwelling on the fact that you're not quite where you want to be yet. Um, and I still do that for myself too. And it your, your vision just keeps getting bigger and bigger as you grow. But I think having something you can look at every day that reminds you why you're doing what you're doing and where you're going to go is really important. And again, in the beginning stages, like I think that's the most vital part for when you're have when you have the right people around you because if you have friends or family that are telling you you can't do it or are doubting you, it's the easiest time for you to say maybe they're right, I should just give up. The longer you're doing this, the harder it is to stop. And so you need to have the right people around you in those early phases. Um, and I think just understanding that like you're going to have days <laughs> where you feel like this is not working and you might as well give up, but understand, and it's so cheesy to say this, but it is the truth. Understand that when you have those moments, it's usually right before the really good stuff happens and you just have to have faith in that. And as long as you're progressing every single day, you are getting closer to your goal, even if it doesn't feel like it. Um, so I think those are probably the biggest things, but. The story that I totally forgot about with myself is I remember sitting at a coffee shop with my parents um, and I was working for a company at the time and I was working for the incubator in Vancouver. And I really, really, really just was having this feeling like I needed to branch out on my own because I had all these companies kind of knocking at my door saying, can you do our social for us? We'd like to hire you as a contractor, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, that's that's great but I don't know if I'm ready. And at the time, I mean, yes, it's nice that people are approaching you, but you don't know what they're going to pay you, if they're even going to pay you, or if they're expecting a freebie. Um, And at the time I had one client who I knew was paying me $1,000 a month. That's the only client I had. And my rent was $9.75 a month. So I was like, okay, I'm barely covering rent. I have no idea where the rest of my clients are going to come from. What am I going to do? And I sat with my parents at a coffee shop in Cole Harbor and I was so stressed out with that like heavy weight on my chest. And I was so tempted to just say, screw it, I'm just going to stick with the job. And to my parents' credit, they said, when have you ever failed before? Never. Whenever you put your mind to something, you've done it or you've figured it out in some way, shape or form. So why start doubting yourself now? Um, And they both also said, the money will come, period. The money will come, but you can't be doing this for the money. If you do this for the money, you're going to quit pretty quickly. So you have to do it for a purpose that's bigger than yourself. And I always knew that that was the case for me. But I needed that reminder at that point to give me that push to move forward. Um, so that those were really great questions for my parents. And I think they can be used for really anyone who's in that position.
0: I got the chills. I totally agree. Because if you're chasing money... If your passion is only money, that passion will die out really quickly. And I think that's something in this very social media crazed world that we see a lot of success. You know what I mean, Sunny? Like we see people successful. We see the cars. We see like the vacations. And like that's people's idea of what entrepreneurship is. And it's just so – it's so unrealistic, you know, like setting yeah. realistic expectations. And so, you know, you're sitting there wondering how you're going to cover rent. Like that is the beginning of, of an entrepreneur's journey. You know, you don't oh, just, you don't just jump from that moment to being a millionaire. And I think that we Absolutely just, not. I don't, we just like kind of miss that, you know, it's like, oh, this is going to be like, you know kind of easy i i watched a video on how to be an entrepreneur on you know on a on a youtube ad or i've been following this one guy and he does it so i can do it and that's you know there's a, a little bit of that that's motivating and true but you have to kind of be realistic on the just like this the work it's going to take to get there um kind of switching gears a bit i kind of want to get into how youtube specifically for entrepreneurs i feel like a lot of people see YouTube as something that oh well, if I wasn't doing it five years ago I you know there's no way I can make traction on it now or I don't even right. know what I'm doing how do I get started uh, can you speak to someone who maybe really could make a huge impact on YouTube but they're just scared to start because they don't think that it's for their business or they don't think that they got you know in that social media at the right you know uh, wave I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean and I totally get that um that fear um of, you know, being too late and missing missing the opportunity or whatever else, but I will just say that um I mean when I started my channel, ignorance was bliss for me because if I had looked at how many other people out there were talking about social media and video marketing, I probably wouldn't have done it because I was would have thought there's no way I can do this. Um but the method that I use, which I've basically created on my own, uh allowed me to, I'm now outranking people who have been in the space a lot longer than me because I'm using a different method and because I kind of switched up the program on how you use YouTube as an entrepreneur obviously, um, one of the big keys to growing fast is starting with educational content. But that can be a little confusing for people because they're like, well, what am I supposed to teach you depending on the niche that they're in? Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I mean, we have students, I have one student who signed up to YouTube for Bosses or enrolled in YouTube for Bosses a month ago and is now at 5,000 subscribers. Um, I have another one, like I said, who signed up in February, was at 50 subscribers and had no growth on her channel. And she's now at 43,000. She's been hired to speak all over the world. She's getting clients down her door. So I think it's understanding that YouTube is a search engine and it's really the final frontier of completely free advertising that's going to build your business while you're sleeping, really, because there's constant traffic going to your videos if you're ranking on page one. um, And those or those viewers can then be turned into customers. So um, if it would be helpful to your audience, I actually do have a guide on how to set up your YouTube channel for success. Um, it's called yes. the Boss YouTube Channel Checklist. So we can definitely give them that to uh, to sign up to because it will at least start them on the right foot um, to know how to do this the right way. Yeah, do you have the URL for that
0: checklist? And I can also put it in the show notes too.
1: I do do. um I do have the URL. I'll, I'll just have to send it to you because I can't remember exactly what the URL is. I think it's just Boss YouTube channel checklist, but I'll have to send it to you. Okay, great. Well, everybody, it'll be in the show notes. <laughs> Perfect. No,
0: I I love that because I think, well, first off, when you're starting with something that you don't know how to do, I mean, going to someone like you who already has a different method and you're really getting like, serious results, like, I mean, why not go and learn from somebody who's done it a different way? And you're like you said, you're getting outrank, or you're outranking people that have been doing it longer and that may, may even have more subscribers. So I think it's looking at it from a different lens versus, OK, I want to go and do exactly what everybody else did. I mean, there, it's really difficult to stand out that way.
1: No, absolutely. It's 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 understanding that there's different ways to hack every single system at this point. And yes, it's a it's a cluttered space, and um, you know some things are really oversaturated. Even you could say the same thing about Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. But it's looking at different ways of doing things. And fortunately, I kind of stumbled into this method that works like a charm. So so I'm happy to share it with people so that they can, you know, help further build my legacy by having a ton of success and getting their messages out there and, and knowing that I've helped them do that.
0: Man, I, I love it, girl. I'm actually like, I'm kind of thinking I might buy your course now because I'm, I'm kind of thinking about starting a YouTube channel. So I, yeah. I, know, the, I know the first place I'm going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: Of course, of course. Well, I actually just have one more question for you, Sunny. But before I ask it, I'd love for you to kind of share where
1: people can
0: find you online.
1: Uh, yeah, so you can find me at com. All my info is there. And then if you want to check me out on YouTube, I'm at YouTube.com slash
0: and I'll have that all uh, linked up in the show notes. Her last name is very similar to mine, Tyke Miller. It's a little, you know, difficult to spell, so and also pronounce, which I love. We're in that. We're in that group, girl. We're in the gang of of hard last yes. names. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, my last question for you, Sunny, is what does the laptop lifestyle mean to you?
1: The laptop lifestyle to me means opportunity, um, endless opportunity. I would say. Because you can learn how to do anything under the sun from your laptop and turn it into a business. Um, And that's what I've been able to do. If someone had told me when I was in broadcasting school that I would have built a YouTube empire, I would have thought they were insane. So, (laughs) So that is what the laptop lifestyle means to me. It means endless opportunities.